0: Welcome back to the Staff & Graph Podcast. I am Mike Stevens. and Sitting across from me, unfortunately virtually this week, is the future first female GM in NHL history, Rachel Dory. Rachel, how are you doing? I
1: am alive. Um, That's good. Yes. <laughs> it was it's always a, always a good thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. So Rachel's not feeling too great and just out of an abundance of caution and the fact that, you know, she probably doesn't want to be moving around too much today. We're, we're doing this over Zoom. So uh, it's,
1: it's what we're going to make do. Also, Make it clear before we scare anyone I do not have COVID It's not COVID related Yeah,
0: yeah, Rachel does not have COVID She's just feeling it's, People, like, that's the thing People, uh, I haven't gotten Like, I had a I had a cold, I think, like, a week ago Like, a minor one And I realized, like, that's the first time I think I've been sick since, like, February of 20 Like, of 2020 Yeah Like, it's, it's almost like social distancing And wearing a mask and washing your hands And doing all that kind of stuff It prevents illnesses No That's crazy
2: who would have thought? No way.
0: Who would have thought? Um, speaking of wearing masks, uh Tom Brady did not last night as he walked into the Super Bowl um to conquer, I guess, his seventh ring. Uh so it's a little it's a little rough. But Rachel, you had a great outcome from last night. You're not a Bucks fan or anything like that, no. but you're a fan of making money. Yes. And I think you made some some decent money last night after last night's Super Bowl. First of all, give me give me a rundown on how you thought of the game, the halftime performance. It's the real you know, it, it was the talk of the town.
1: Yeah, so the game itself, like, I'm obviously, like, I've made it quite clear I'm not a football fan um, just because I think it's pretty barbaric. Um, but I'm I'm a huge uh, Patrick Mahomes fan. I'm a pretty big Tom Brady fan. Um, those are, like, two of my top three uh, favorite players. Um, and I really, I enjoy watching them just because I think um, they're really entertaining. But to me, like, the game was garbage. Patrick yeah, Mahomes it was a bad offensive game. line like literally didn't even show up in Tampa Bay. Um
0: I that was sh- that was shocking. That was like they the chief the Chiefs haven't had a good line like a good O-line normally, but like that was it, it was remarkable just how how they just didn't even exist.
1: But like some of the throws he had to make like while on the run and the like, key Oh almost, my god. He ran over a quarter mile. Um When he was like scrambling, like some of the things when he's parallel to the ground and zipping a ball that almost resulted in a Mm -hmm. touchdown, like you can see the talent level. And then, I mean, I don't really know a ton about the officiating. So like, I can't comment on that. It was
0: bad. It was bad. It was bad.
1: But like, again, you kind of learn like you just you don't bet against Brady. And so like in September when the season was starting, I was talking to my stepdad because he's a massive Patriots fan.
0: Yeah, my, my dad's a huge, uh, a huge like, well, he's a Belichick fan. Yeah, so which is I weird. said, I'm
1: like, I think I'm going to put money on the Bucks to win the Super Bowl. He's like, nah, they're going to be good, but they're not going to be that good. Like, I'm like, whatever, like, it's worth it. So I laid the money and uh, it's apart from, I feel like Bayern Munich doesn't really count because like, they're clearly the best, but this is the second time this year that I've picked the winner. So I picked the Dodgers outright and I picked the box and then i've picked byron but like again that like literally doesn't count
0: it doesn't count um but it paid
1: out well like it was like plus plus eleven forty two. so whoo that was solid so uh thanks tom brady um you remain very nice to look at and uh Mm -hmm. you also win me money but please keep all of your other personal views to yourself
0: McDonald's is on you for the rest of the podcast now. If that's, uh, I could buy man.
1: a lot of McDonald's with the money I want. You could buy a franchise probably. <laughs> no, not that much. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, um, and then the halftime performance. I mean, as a as a kid who was born in Scarborough, and I actually, one of my friends is friends with The Weeknd. Um, like, they mm-hmm. went to school together.
0: Yeah. Everyone kind of has, it's like that, that with Drake, like everyone has, like has a friend who is a friend with them. But he's like our age, right? So
1: it's like, if you're, if you're our age, you, you either know someone who knows him or you know him yourself. If you, if you were kind of grew up in Scarborough or like the Toronto area, like I remember going Mm. to see him probably like five, six years ago and and just like playing in like random tap, like bars and whatever. And now he's massive. And so I think it's really cool. Um, I thought his performance was great. I mean, it created a damn meme, so like it can't be yeah. can't be that bad. And I mean, I'm pretty excited. I'm gonna go, um, like me and, and probably a few friends, or we'll go see him uh, when he comes to town. Obviously, like
0: once those are allowed, once concerts are legal. Yeah.
1: But yeah, I mean, I thought <laughs> arguably the halftime show was the most entertaining part of the game for me.
0: Yeah, I saw the weekend. Like, what's crazy is so her, the artist, her. H e r. Oh, that's I guess. Saying, uh, Like it's America the Beautiful. <laughs> America the Beautiful. I saw her, like, which is also her name, but I, I saw her perform at Rebel Nightclub like less than fourteen months ago, like, and now she's singing America the Beautiful at the Super Bowl. Like that's crazy. I, I didn't even know who she was. I remember being there, like, I remember posting an Instagram story, being like, I don't know who this is, but kind of like her songs kind of slap. And now she's like, and then this is a weird story, but when I was fourteen. My 30-year-old math tutor took me to OVO Fest?
1: Uh what?
0: My 30-year-old female math tutor took me to OVO Fest.
1: Are we sure it wasn't a date? I,
0: I, if it was it was it was not a legal date. Um and so it was like OVO Fest is like Drake and this what Yeah, again when I was 14 I'm 20 that was 10 years ago. And one of the opening acts was The Weeknd. And this is only when he had just dropped his first like i don't even think it was an album i think it was just like a mixtape but it's crazy to see his like he's a superstar now obviously he's performing at the super bowl but now he's like legitimately like a worldwide superstar blinding blinding lights i've heard that song in the lat like in the last two weeks like with the marketing lead up to the super bowl i've heard it like maybe a thousand times it's it haunts my my dreams but this is a hockey podcast not a super bowl podcast um Congratulations to Tom Brady for Thomas you know, and Patrick
1: Brady. Thank you, sir, for all of the money that you made me and all of the yeah. money that you cost a lot of my friends.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, because they they were the they were the clear underdog, and I I don't think anyone could have anticipated how vacant the Chiefs' offensive line would have been.
1: You know what's so funny though? Just quickly, um, before we get to plot points, my dad's a Raiders fan, like a massive Raiders fan. So like mm-hmm. obviously he hates KC. Because division, of course. but he also hates Brady because of the Tuck rule. So I asked him, yeah. like, hey, uh, "Like, who are you cheering for at this point?" And he goes, "I cannot bring it in myself to cheer for KC, so I'm cheering for everybody but Tom Brady." <laughs> and then I said, "So what happens if I buy a Tom Brady Bucks jersey?" And he goes, "Well, then consider yourself disowned." And I was like, "Okay, mm-hmm. thank you."
0: Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. It's funny watching football with my dad because he he has two he has two unique sayings. One is that he loves flea flickers like that. He loves. I think it's so
1: cool. That's my favorite play.
0: I know, but every like literally any time a team is losing and we're watching the game, he's like they they should crack out the flea flicker. They should break it out. It's gonna work. I'm like, all right. And then if a corner if a corner drops an interception, like if if it's clear interception, he always goes. He always looks me and goes, "That's why they're a corner, not a receiver."
1: Yeah, that's why you're playing defense, buddy.
0: And that's every single time without fail. It's crazy. Oh, I and say
1: that all the time too. Yeah, I mean, it's, and it's also his catchphrase. I think like betting on betting on the Bucks at the beginning of the year, like that's fine. But I also. Was like there's no way Gronkowski isn't getting a touchdown. So I had two bets last night, and one was Gronkowski to score the first t- t- touchdown, and Gronkowski to score multiple touchdowns, and I hit both of them. I'm like, that's never gonna happen again.
0: <laughs> hey, it, it was it like I love Gronk, man. It, it's great He's seeing fun, him. Right? Oh my you god, know yeah. what's Not fun though. What.
1: Dumb trade proposals that involve William Nylander.
0: Okay, so Sam Bennett.
1: And we're going to deep dive into Sam Bennett too, but like just the dumb trade proposals Mm -hmm. that like always seem to surround the Leafs are is just like it's every goddamn year.
0: Well, it's just because they get more like we like the Leafs get more coverage. Just like intricate, you know, hair like fine-tooth comb coverage on a national scale. Right. That, like, I think Montreal probably gets more of a fishbowl just because they have like a TMZ for their players and stuff. But it doesn't.
1: And it's two languages.
0: Exactly, but it doesn't seep into like national stuff. The Leafs, it's crazy. But Sam Bennett, like, I don't think people understand that Sam Bennett's like not really that good. And so, okay,
1: he's not terrible. Like, that's no, no, like no. no but like he's third line player.
0: Yeah, a, th- a third line player though.
1: Yeah, you know what he is? He's Nazem Kadri with less skill and more discipline.
0: He's Nazem Kadri like during that year during the first year of Babcock. That's what he is.
1: Yeah, and I think there's also room for improvement for him like he hasn't really so he was drafted as a center yeah. and because Calgary's so deep at center, he's been playing on the wing. So I really don't think he's playing where he's best suited but we also don't even know if he can play center anymore because he hasn't played there in that Mm -hmm. long and the only way we're going to find out is if they actually play him there
0: which they aren't going to they clearly don't like this player anymore like it like it's a trade you know a trade's bound to happen but (laughs) throwing in like i don't know it's it's just it's just so weird to see all the all the different rumors like not they're not even rumors they're like fabrications they're fairy dust they're 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 you know made it's up
1: dudes on twitter
0: it's just dudes on twitter who are like pro hockey talk 69 like it's guys like that and they're like it makes perfect sense A knee lander for Bennett
1: That get retweeted by like Dean Blundell Oh
0: my god I'm sorry yeah. I'm
1: telling you right now If I see anything that's like retweeted by Dean Blundell It immediately loses like 99% of its credibility
0: 100% If Dean Blundell endorses your point I don't care if it's if it's a correct Like if Dean, if Dean Blundell just tweeted out one day Like you should drink You should get 8 hours of sleep And drink an adequate amount of water To help your body nope, No longer uh, doing that Cool uh, get, uh, Buy me a casket I'm dying <laughs> Because, <laughs> because he is wrong. Um, no, yeah, it's it's, yeah. But these Nylander, i did see the Nylander for Bennett one, and it was it was one guy just being like Nylander for Bennett, and I think he tagged like a TSN guy. And it's like makes perfect sense. I I just quote tweeted. I was like, it make it makes perfect sense. It makes too much sense. <laughs> like
1: Patrick Bacon, who uh, is like a hockey data guy, basically did like a satirical tweet and talked about how like Bennett has eleven playoff goals and Neilander has five and doesn't have any fights. <laughs> Mm. Because he knew that people would latch on to it. But it's just so funny because if you know Patrick, you know, like, like this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen.
0: Speaking of fights, by the way, I really want to. Uh, uh, <laughs> this is this is going off the board a little bit, but it's it's and and we'll talk off camera about who this actually pertains to because I don't want to out them and, and flame them on the podcast. Okay. Um, but it's somewhat it's it's a, a mutual person of scorn between you and I. Ah, well, um,
1: nevertheless.
0: I mean, I mean, there's there's many people like that, but it's uh, I'm
1: grumpy today. So, yeah, let's do it.
0: I have a I have a screenshot of because this account went private. And so that's, you know, that's a very uh, uh, bold thing to do in in that, you know, you you, you throw these hot takes out and then you go private. You know that that's that's definitely not cowardly at all. Oh
1: Yeah, that's definitely um, something you should be doing.
0: Wayne Simmons, uh, he's out for six weeks approximately with a broken wrist. It's terrible. He, he broke his left wrist. Um, there's video of it.
1: <clears throat> yeah.
0: Uh, he on Saturday night. There's video of it. He's blocking a clearing attempt. It's rough. It's
1: it's it's fluke, honestly.
0: Oh, it's fluke. It's terrible. Like
1: he probably, I would say, if that's how it was broken, um, then it's probably like the scaphoid bone in the wrist, which is like yes, the mini mini bone.
0: I watch a lot of chiropractor videos, and so I know all about the wrist and the ankle. Like, calca- like left side calcaneus, like, scaphoid. It's all, all that stuff.
1: Okay, yes, yeah, see, like, I know a lot about the wrist, because, like, as a gymnast, like, the maintenance you have to do on your wrists is insane. Because, like, if you don't break your scaphoid as a gymnast, it's, like, a crowning mm. achievement.
0: Oh, I thought it was, like, I thought that would mean you're not trying hard enough.
1: Uh, well, I mean, like... I've dislocated my wrist so many times that yeah. I could literally I could crack it to the point where like you could hear it on the mic like it's disgusting.
0: So speaking of like so speaking of fights and dumb takes in Toronto media land. So we get this one and and I only saw this through a screenshot because the guys you know I think he went private he probably blocked me at this point I don't know. Hey you know this is all caps by the way. Mm. Hey you know what's great punching your fist into someone's face breaking it and losing a guy who just scored two goals for you last night fighting is stupid and so I tweeted just now because. I just like, I I just couldn't let this one go. Normally I see a dumb take on Twitter and I'm just like, "Ah, I'm not going to bite, you know, whatever. And, but I I tweeted like, oh yeah, for sure. Wayne Simmons definitely broke his left wrist by punching on, he definitely broke his left wrist on Saturday night by punching a guy in the face with his right hand on Thursday night. For sure. That's how injuries work. You're very smart.
1: Um, yeah. Do people think that like, if you break your wrist, you can just carry on playing hockey, which is a game that requires your wrists.
0: Joel Colburn's career almost ended because of that. He was on like this is before the Leafs invested in medical science. He was on the Marlies.
1: Oh, yeah, I remember this. Yeah, he
0: was leading the league in goals up you know, through December broke his wrist and i think scored two goals in the remaining i think 40 games of the season yeah and
1: it's cuz his wrist was like a mess
0: because he broke his wrist but he kept playing through it he didn't think of just taking the 6 weeks off no he just kept playing through it and it, he couldn't shoot he can't shoot and but, i
1: yeah like i've competed on a fractured elbow and like mm-hmm. this, and trained for the 6 weeks prior to that and like can distinctively tell you that if you have even so much as a hairline fracture, it impedes your ability to do elite level things.
0: Oh, yeah, I played most of my most of my minor hockey career with three of my ribs popped out of my spine. Ooh, fun. It's it's I think they're still like that now because because the can
1: you dislocate your ribs too?
0: Yes. Well, it's mainly because the, the, the capsules, I guess, that where they slide in, they've just popped out so many times they're stretched. Yeah. And so whenever I get a chiropractor to pop them back in, it's just, you know, I roll over in bed weird and, oh, there they go.
1: That's me with my hip.
0: Exactly. I really hope uh, uh, these listeners aren't aren't eating right now because oh. this it's pretty Speaking gross. Speaking
1: of um, gymnastics, yes. the mental oh, yeah. gymnastics required to watch and find NHL games on television is ridiculous. I should not... Have to go through a full like tinfoil hat with pins oh on my board God, and know. string to figure out what channel the damn game it is. You shouldn't on. have to have a
0: cheat sheet. Like you, like it's you basically have to have a cheat sheet to to get through this.
1: I don't even like the NFL, and I could tell you what channels the games are on on any given day. Like same with basketball. I have I couldn't even tell you the last time I watched a non Raptors game. And yet I could tell you on any given night what channel it's on. So
0: I, like this, this is great. The reason why I bring this up is because this morning, Brendan Burke of MSG Network um, tweeted, so I guess the Rangers are playing the, the Islanders tonight. And so that, who could have foreseen that that would create a crazy um, New York style debacle when it came to broadcasting. So he goes, some clarification on where to watch the game tonight.
1: Which shouldn't I'll, be needed. Let's point You out. shouldn't need
0: that. You shouldn't need that. And this reminds me of when Jay and Dan, and we'll get into that maybe a little bit later. Um, when they, when they moved to Fox, like when they moved to, to LA and Fox Sports, uh, like Fox Sports One was was just starting up. Um, Do
1: not even get me started on Jay and Dan right I now. I know
0: it, it. I'm furious about it.
1: <laughs> okay, just,
0: just quick to, aside to clarify okay, yeah. for
1: everyone: Mike and I are beside ourselves for many reasons mm-hmm. about. The things that uh, That company did That we will not name
0: You mean Bell <laughs> Like yes. I don't care I'll, Like whatever man They Bell let's talk And then they fire yeah, And wait Yeah like let's be clear later?
1: It wasn't people at TSN No no, like, no no They are not at fault for no, this No 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 no
0: no um, But anyway so clarification So Brendan Berkey goes Some clarification on where On where to watch the game tonight This is Isles Rangers Isle's broadcast on MSG plus. So I guess Madden Square Garden channel plus. So that might be a specialty channel. I'm not sure. Like, do you, get yes, that on, do you get that on a normal cable package? Probably not.
1: I don't believe so.
0: So then it's Rager's broadcasts on MSG. The national broadcast will be blacked <laughs> out in the New York area, but will be on NBCSN for the rest of the country. So let's let me get this straight. This is New York. Uh, One of the biggest
1: metropolitan cities on earth,
0: the biggest metropolitan city area in um, uh, North America. But also like when it comes to locally too, like, it's not just a big media market, but local media market, New York Rangers and Islanders, like they draw big numbers. They're along with Buffalo. We're like that. And again, in, in the state of New York,
1: New York Rangers are the most valuable NHL team right now. I have a suggestion. Maybe don't make it hard to watch the friggin' game.
0: Exactly, but so, but when it comes to lo- like local TV ratings, because there are a lot of teams that you know you can grade really highly on a national audience, but like people who are watching the games in that city, the Isles and Rangers they they rank up top. Yeah. So it makes a lot of sense to a black out the games in those areas, and to then split the broadcasts between msg network which i think shows up on a regular cable package we're not sure but then it does, who does?
1: msg is like yeah it's mass
0: square guard. like it's it's uh, yeah, yeah i know yeah, i know like it it's, yeah
1: it's like sportsnet kind of thing
0: it's 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 like city tv let's say you know like one of those but like in, in the new york area like it's it's Normal.
1: Yeah, like I had it when I lived in New exactly. Jersey.
0: Yeah, yeah, and then but then to put the Isles one on like MSG Plus, which is basically like putting it on Sportsnet 360, which not everyone has. Yes. But then to black out the national broadcast in the local area makes no sense, and then for the rest of the country who want to watch this game, you're going to put it on nbc sn not just NBC, which and SN is a soon to be shuttered network. Like, you have to have...
1: Okay, so here's the other thing. Like, the easiest way to to avoid this, and I was talking, so obviously, um, hate to break it to all the hockey fans, but uh, hockey's, like, the 10th most watched thing. Yeah. Um, and soccer is the biggest worldwide game. Um, I literally... Bayern played in Qatar today in the Club World Cup, and without even looking anywhere... I knew where I could watch the game because it is that simple. All, all the NHL has to do is say, and I know how TV rights deals. Thank you to everyone on Twitter who explained it to me, a sports <laughs> business major, how this works. But you are women um, and women brains What the small. NHL should do is you want to have your blackouts on television channels. That's mm-hmm. fine. But make your flagship, which is NHL TV or like Game Center, blackout free. So if somebody buys Game Center, no matter where they have it, they can watch the game. Mm-hmm. Right? It's it's a very easy fix. Like for me, I have DAZN, yeah, me too. Or dazzle. How the hell you say it?
0: I have it too, but for football, I
1: can watch every single English Premier League game, Serie A game, um, like I believe La Liga. Like I can pretty much watch anything I want. All the Champions League games. Like I don't have to worry about anything. Um, and none of the like none of the big major games are blacked out. Mm-hmm. It's so simple and it's worldwide. Like it's it's literally dumb. But anyways, let's. No, it's uh, the same.
0: I have I have uh, I have DAZN, and I can watch any NFL game on Sundays. I can watch any NFL game in any market. It does not oh, yeah. and so it just. And this this is a problem with
1: it's just dumb. Like it's their, their the NBA like- has
0: this problem too. Game Pass, or I think it's Game Pass, which is what's called with the NBA. They they have regional blackouts, but like it boggles my mind that you can live in Toronto, buy NHL TV or whatever you want to call it, NHL Rogers Game Center Live, whatever you want to call it, for two. You can shell out two hundred bucks for the full season pass, and it's it is like the marketing the the marketing like crux of that service is you can watch hockey anywhere at any time so you can watch any game anywhere at any time and if you live in toronto and you buy that service you spend 200 of your hard-earned dollars to get it you can't watch leafs games
1: you know what's crazy is the best marketing thing would just be if they added one more thing to it hockey anywhere anytime no blackouts yeah do you know how much money like do you know how much money the nhl would make off of that it would be preposterous how much money they make like for me so i know this because i've worked Mm -hmm. behind the curtain But the NHL has two types of Game Center accounts. So they have the regular one that you can buy, and then they have the, like, team staff one, which doesn't have any blackouts. So they can take the blackouts, the games, they're choosing not to. Oh my gosh. And with that, I think we should probably get into...
2: I love that. That is the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify is a platform designed for anyone to sell anywhere, giving entrepreneurs like me, the resources that were once reserved for big business. And it's customized to your needs. You get a great looking online store that really helps bring your ideas to life and tools to manage the day-to-day and drive sales. And I'm speaking about this from experience. I'm really passionate about bass fishing. And a little over five years ago, I started an e-commerce bass fishing brand with my best friend, Aaron, called Woo Tungsten. Actually, it's pronounced Woo Tungsten, W-O-O exclamation mark, because that's the sound you make when you catch a giant bass. And it was a no brainer to do this on Shopify because they've made it so easy every step of the way from creating product listings to making discount codes to managing shipments. In fact, if you want to see what an e-commerce store looks like on Shopify, go to WooTungsten.com and you can see. And it's No wonder that every 28 seconds, a small business owner makes their first sale on Shopify. You can get started by building and customizing your online store with no coding or design experience, and you can gain knowledge and confidence with extensive resources to help you succeed. Plus, with 24-7 support, you're never alone. It's more than a store. Shopify grows with you. This is possibility powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash blue wire, all lowercase, for a free 14 day trial, and you'll get access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Start selling on Shopify today, just like me, just like Woo Tungsten, by going to shopify.com slash blue wire right now. That's shopify.com slash blue wire. Our
0: deep dive. All right, Rachel. Sam Bennett, he wants to be traded. I think the Flames also want to trade him, even though they're they're playing coy here. They'll deny it, like you know, they'll deny it outright. But I think they don't really have a use for this player anymore. Let's let's try and find a trade for this guy because he need, he clearly needs a, a change of scenery. It's not working for him. But this is a former fourth overall pick. This is this is a highly touted guy who's supposed to be a big part of this team. He's got some sandpaper on him um like you said he's a good third line player now but we don't know what he can blossom into he's only 24 he's our age well he's my age you're you're 25 now you're the elder statesman of the podcast or,
1: yeah you're 25 next week shut yeah. up <laughs> hey
0: i'm holding on to my youth as much as i can um i'm i you know Yo,
1: my sister's 19 on saturday
0: that's crazy Man, good yeah. for her. Tell her I said hi. Um, I will. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so let's find a trade for Sam Bennett. So what's what's being kicked around here is apparently teams have been asking on Travis Dermott for the Leafs. He's currently injured right now.
1: I have a trade idea, and it just came to me as I was sitting oh, here.
0: okay. Let's do it. Hit me.
1: Sam Bennett. And Jake Vertanen should be involved yes. in a deal because you avoid quarantine that makes perfect because nobody's crossing any level mm-hmm. of border. I believe they're playing each other. So just go switch dressing yeah. rooms. Um, And quite frankly, I mean, to be fair, I think Sam Bennett is all, he's the more valuable asset. Oh, there.
0: absolutely.
1: Um, So maybe the Canucks throw in a draft pick since they don't know how to draft anymore and they fired their scouting director. So I'm pretty sure
0: they make the exact same amount of money. Too. They
1: do. Um, and so for me, like, I think both players obviously want a change of scenery. Um, I think there could be a fit there. I just think Vancouver would obviously have to add something. Yeah. But yeah, like, I think, um, I think there could be a fit there. The problem you have right now is they're like Sam Bennett's a young player. So you never really want to be trading. So is Vertanen though. Yeah. But what I'm saying is you never want to be, when you're constructing a trade, you never really want to be playing. Uh, paying a young proven player that like Sam Bennett can mm, play in mm. the NHL. He's proven he's an NHL player. You never want to be trading that for like a 35 year old no. veteran. Like that just it doesn't make sense. Um there was a part of me that was scared that they were gonna trade him for um an individual that we refused to mention on this podcast that will now be named Lord Voldemort.
0: Because he's dead to us now?
1: Yeah. yeah. So but then it came out that they, like, don't want Just wondering, Lord Voldemort because he's Lord white Voldemort. White hot
0: trade market for Lord Voldemort was. You know, it was it was Darren Drager reported it was heating up and we haven't heard anything about it lately.
1: Yeah. Um, so I would say, like, with, with Sam Bennett, um, first of all, anyone who thinks that you're getting more than, like, a third line player or a third pairing defenseman for him. Unless it's like a young for young player swap, like you are very firmly on drugs Mm -hmm. or some GM like isn't paying attention because the reality is, is like I would do Bennett for like Vertanen and like a fourth round pick.
0: Yeah, Um, that makes a lot of sense.
1: Calgary has a logjam on the back end in terms of Mm -hmm. left-handed defensemen, so I don't think Travis Dermott is a fit.
0: He's not. He's already going—that would mean he'd be going from one team with a logjam of of left-handed defensemen to another team that also has one.
1: Travis Dermott would probably flourish in, like, Ottawa because they have zero defensemen.
0: I was going to bring up Ottawa for Bennett because I think he would—I think that would give him a chance to be one of the guys.
1: Yeah, maybe it's, like— Bennett for like Colin White Bennett and for Colin White
0: yeah because they're they scratched Colin White Colin
1: White's fallen out of favor with DJ Smith or Eric Brandstrom, who doesn't DJ Smith doesn't seem to like which would be unwise
0: I didn't want to bring that up because it just sounds so stupid but hey DJ Smith all, he doesn't seem to like him so there has to be some kind of wiggle it's we're basically trying to match up you know uh, youngsters who have fallen out of favor with different teams who could possibly appreciate them and look it, this does happen with players. Like it like I can uh, I can apply this to like even video games. Like I remember, you know, if I'm playing 2K or MLB The Show or whatever and it doesn't matter like there's a player right now on my Detroit Tigers roster. He's, you know, he's 88 overall. He's an outfielder. I think he should be good. But I just don't like him. I just don't like the way he plays. And so I, I usually don't put him in my lineup.
1: You sound like a crusty old GM. I'm not going to lie to you. Exactly.
0: And it doesn't me does it make me smart? No. Is is this the reason why I'm I'm the GM of a Virtual baseball team and not a Real baseball team? Absolutely and I think that's What's that's what's happened especially With Branstrom like Bennett I can understand He's underachieved given his draft pedigree And kind of the
1: Branstrom just hasn't Been given a chance
0: Branstrom has been yo-yoed Like crazy he hasn't been like The one thing that Young, young people specifically, but young, young prospects. And yeah, like young people in general, what they need is stability.
1: You know what this Branstrom situation reminds me of? What? poo
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: Well, you need. And that is uh, firmly not a good thing. No,
0: but I, like I speak as a, a current slash former young person, like you need stability when you're, when you're growing up, like when you're, and when you're get you're when you're trying to reach your potential in some regard, and it's tough because I think that as much as he's making a season debut tonight, so he will have already made it by the time you listen to this, but Rasmus Sandin, he at least had the stability of, you're going to be on the Marlies, for two years you're gonna be in the ahl we're going to develop you you're gonna be able to get comfortable in that locker room get comfortable with our systems get comfortable with that coach get comfortable you know with with all these players you're not gonna to have to worry about and you get comfortable in your role you're not gonna to have to worry about being a sixth defenseman in the nhl one night and a, and a number one defenseman in the ahl the next night you let them grow and with branstrom like he has been Called up and down, left and right. He's being put on the, you know, all these different different positions, all these different you know roles, and it just it, that doesn't do any good for him.
1: Here, and he, that was the key piece in the Mark Stone trade. Oh, that's
0: the only piece really of of real value in the Mark Stone trade. They trade him for Brandstrom and a second, basically.
1: Yeah, it was not ideal. You
0: got to You got to make it work with him. You can't let your coach just be like, ah, I don't really like him. You have to. At this point, you have to. You
1: are choosing that player over DJ Smith all the time.
0: If I'm Pierre Dorian, I'm like, look, man, this goes on my legacy here. Like, I traded Mark Stone. If we're going to talk, if we're going to tr- then have to trade, you know, Eric Brandstrom, the key piece of that deal of Mark Stone, who's one of the best players in the league, we're going to trade him for at a loss, basically. Like, we are have to add to him to get like a third line player. That's not happening. Like, you're going to make it work with this kid. Yeah. So, but it would make a lot of sense.
1: It would. All right. So that is Sam Bennett and
0: Well, where, where else? Like, 'cause cause we 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 essentially have to restrict it. Like it doesn't make sense with the Leafs. Let's just let's just let's just have this Leaf stock.
1: I honestly don't know that that you want to trade with an US team right can't. now if you look at what happened with Dubois. Uh, so for me, like I don't even I didn't even think that far through. Like I think Vancouver and Ottawa probably make the most sense. And I kind of left it at that, and I think that's kind
0: Reliefs, of Beliefs it, it doesn't make sense with them. Like he makes he makes two point five five million. No. you know his he has two points in ten games this year, and his underlying numbers aren't that great either. Like it's um,
1: the only like the only way I see him being traded, beliefs is if Kerfoot goes. The and other I would way.
0: I want Kerfoot over Bennett. Mm. I do right now. They're basically the same age. Kerfoot only makes a million more, but he's more productive. Like I'd rather and he's and he's got more term.
1: Yeah, but he does not bring the stuff you need in the playoffs. Yeah, Bennett's Bennett a good
0: playoff performer. And
1: let's face it, the Leafs do not have a problem in yeah. the regular season, they have a problem in the playoffs.
0: Bennett does turn it on in the playoffs. Yeah, that that is one thing we got to give him credit for.
1: Now I'm not saying like I'm. This is the whole like Neilander Bennett thing. Like you're not giving up that much value for a playoff performer, but like Kerfoot is absolutely in the same range as Bennett. He just gets a little bit more points, but for me, like Bennett brings more in other areas that Kerfoot absolutely doesn't. In the same way that Kadri did. Yes. Um. And with that, I think we should talk yeah. about the only Canadian team that we haven't mentioned <laughs> the
0: uh, the Bell of the Ball, if you will, um, because everyone seems to love this team. They're. They're the most popular team out there. It's the Montreal Canadiens. Um, let's talk about them because we've heard they were, they were, there was a lot of hype going into, the, into the, the season with them, and they've kind of lived up to it on a surface level so far. You know, they're tied with the Leafs uh, for first in the division. They're, they're playing very well. Jeff Petrie is having the best year of his career. He's got 14 points, and yet they're, dropping, they're barely beating Ottawa or they're dropping games to Ottawa. This doesn't seem like a sustainable thing for this team. This, the, the Habs don't seem like a team that is built to be a long, like is built to, to weather the storm, if you will.
1: Okay. Yeah. So this, I had a question on Twitter. It was actually a conference room question, but I felt like it merited. Talk on
0: the big show.
1: Probably belongs on the, on the flagship. Um, and then I had a thread about the Habs last week mm-hmm. and a lot of Habs fans got extremely angry at me, and some of them sent me threats, which was very fun. Of course. And extremely rational and not at all unhinged. Um, And basically, go. what I'm going to read off here was going into the games against Ottawa. Mm-hmm. So this was prior to playing Ottawa, and we've kind of all come to the agreement that, like, Ottawa is going to be the punching bag, even though, lol, they lost.
0: Yeah, but Ottawa is on un, like unprecedentedly terrible.
1: OK, so going into their games against Ottawa, they had an unsustainably high PDO mm-hmm. of like one hundred and four point six, which, which is crazy. That's really, crazy. high. That's not a thing. Um, they have. I'm going to read off some shooting percentages and you tell me if you think they're sustainable.
0: I will. Math is hard, but I'll give, me, I'll give you my best shot.
1: Jeff Petrie, noted uh, defenseman, mm-hmm. 30% shooting.
0: Oh, that's sustainable, for sure. He's going to be able to career keep that going. Career
1: high, or career shooting percentage of six. So oh, he no, is this... shooting 500%.
0: Yeah, Rachel, he'll, he'll be able to sustain this for the rest of his career. 30%? Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: Okay, Thomas Tatar, 22%.
0: Nothing seems out of the ordinary to me there.
1: Yeah, that's double his career. Mm-hmm. Tyler Toffoli, 21%. Also double his career, and he's shooting probably 85% against Vancouver. Exactly. We
0: can't, we we can't, what's not factored in here is petty percentage, which adds just a crazy amount to that shooting percentage. I honestly, like.
1: <laughs> I think Tyler Tofo is shooting like 6% against yeah. teams not named Vancouver, which is far more realistic than the 22.
0: I honestly think he can, like for the rest of this season, I think he can sustain something close to that against Vancouver. Maybe right. not against the rest uh, of the league.
1: Josh Anderson, who notably scored one goal mm. last year, is shooting 24%. Yeah.
0: Uh, first of all, that's not sustainable. Second of all, isn't he injured already? Like he's on the injured reserve, I'm pretty sure.
1: No, I think he's good. He had like a flu-like symptom thing. They were scared it was COVID, but it wasn't. He's fine. He's back. Okay. Um, He's not going to keep that up. Nick Suzuki shooting 17%, and that is probably the most likely.
0: And that's still crazy, though. <laughs>
1: Yeah, like Nick Suzuki will probably have a career shooting percentage around 13. So mm-hmm. like he'll regress a little bit. But like I want to point out the what? F- like how rare it is to have all of these players shooting this well at the same time and have Carey Price with a high danger percentage of 962 when the NHL average is in the 800s and Price's average is 814 in the last 3 seasons.
0: Look, it's just they're, look, the Habs are a good team. Like let's put that let's put that out there. They're oh,
1: they're a top two team in the North, and it is absolutely. not up for discussion.
0: Yeah, they're they're fantastic. They they are so much deeper than they were last year. Like Romanov has been great. Suzuki's taking that next step forward. Weber doesn't age. Petrie's having a career. Yes, he's shooting 500 percent above his normal shooting percentage. But you know whatever. And yet, like Carey Price is the main X factor here, and there is no way he can keep this up like there it I don't and you're gonna tell me oh yeah no he can because he's got jake Allen behind him and this and no like there it, it's just not possible it's just not possible for this guy to to what'd you say it was eight eight oh eight what's so the high
1: carry prices high danger uh the
0: average what's the average High danger in the NHL. You it's said it's
1: like mid 800s Yeah,
0: and he's what nine? You said he was nine like
1: sixty two, which is higher than a regular save yeah. percentage in the NHL. Normally,
0: high danger is like a good like hundred points lower than a normal what a normal save percentage Almost would be. Almost two
1: hundred points. Yeah,
0: this is like
1: higher than a regular save percent, Like the average NHL save percentage is nine oh two. This is
0: mean. This means and that's he all is shots. he's goal like this means that every team that plays the Habs essentially gets goalied. Every team. And that's just, yeah. and we know that from from watching, from watching all of these other teams that have done this, but also watching the Leafs. Like, the Habs, look, I know this is this, I know I just, I just said that the Habs are a good team, so this my next statement will kind of contradict that. But the Habs remind me a lot of, like, the 2012, like, the, the lockout shortened season of 2012 Leafs.
1: I think they're they're better, but in terms of, like, the luck, it's correct, yes.
0: Yes, like, the, I think they are better. They actually have, like, good young players on that team and all that, but, like, this is a team that has a a, a sky-high PDO, a goaltender that's stopping not just everything that's thrown his way, but every, like, high danger chance is thrown his way, which is how you know that which something's... is not repeatable. Exactly, that's how you know when something's unsustainable, is when, a, like, when a goalie is robbing guys left and right, and, like, robbing them, and you're like, okay, that's great, but, like... That's not sustainable. It's so like you're not going to make every diving catch. So
1: here's some other stuff. As a team, they're they were second in expected goals percentage, which is good. Um, First in scoring chance four percentage, also good. Mm -hmm. Second in high danger chances four percentage. However, they were. 80% 80% in high danger goals for percentage. And when I tell you that is one of the most unsustainable things I have ever seen, I am not joking.
0: So explain explain that stat though.
1: Okay, so I saw way too many stats whilst employed. Of course. And this and I remember taking notes down of like, wow, this is like crazy and and so I went back and looked at those notes and I obviously cannot just divulge what those stats are because I will get sued. Yeah. But this one strikes me As if not the top of the list, what like very close Mm -hmm. to one of the most non-repeatable, unsustainable uh, stats that you can have. And so high danger goals for percentage is basically how often you are shooting in the high danger area and scoring versus how often you are getting... Shots against in your high danger, which is the slot, and getting saves. So we just went over the fact
0: that Carey Price is robbing all of those.
1: Carey Price is robbing all of those. If you he's combine, stopping ninety
0: six percent of the shots in the slot that he on. gets.
1: So if you combine Jake Allen, so Price is a nine six two high danger. If you combine Jake Allen, and we just take all of Habs goaltending. It's still nine eleven, which is about a hundred points higher than usual. And so, like, that's. Both of those things are going to regress. They are not going to shoot forty-five percent from the slot. That doesn't happen, especially when you don't have players like Ovechkin, Laine, Matthews, Pasternak, like that ilk.
0: But they have mini Patrice Bergeron.
1: Wrong. <laughs> and you're also not going to get nine-six-two <laughs> and nine-eleven goaltending in your in your own slot. So I think both of those. are... Essentially right now, the Habs are playing well. Like yeah, absolutely. they're they're the best transition team. Like they're fantastic, but they're also scoring at a clip that's not sustainable and they're getting saves at a clip that is not sustainable. Mm-hmm. And people want to point out um that his Price's low danger save percentages is, is Um, lower than it usually is. So that could come up if his high danger percentage goes down. And my point there is that is the low danger is not going to come up a hundred points. Like, first of all, there's no room for that. Yeah. Right. Second of all, I went back and looked because I'm a a lunatic and you know, I've been watching hockey for some certain reasons right now. Mm -hmm. And most of the goals the Habs are giving up that are considered low danger. He screened. Yeah. Which means that shit is not going to regress positively if he can't see the puck. It's just
0: sheer luck, basically, at this point.
1: Exactly. So at this point, I think the Habs are due, like, they're going to regress, but it's not going to be such a sharp regression that they're not going to be at, at minimum the second best team in the division. Like, I think that they may go on a cold streak where they might lose four straight or they might lose five of seven. Mm-hmm. But to say they're a bad hockey team, absolutely not. They're a fantastic hockey team, but they're not a cup contender.
0: Like, can we also just point out that the season is 12 games? They played 12 games.
1: Okay, but that's like a quarter of the year.
0: Yeah, but like it's yeah, it's a quarter of the fifty six game schedule. But they
1: played right. But you have to take it everything in in proportion, right?
0: They played twelve games though. Like to make definitive decisions, a definite like sweeping statements about teams after twelve games.
1: Okay, so the problem. you relax. have relax. Though I understand what you're saying, and in a normal year, because I spoke that. English. Hang on, in a normal year you wouldn't do that. But what do we always say in a regular NHL season? You see what you have by American Thanksgiving, which yeah. is. Roughly 25, 27 games. Mm -hmm. If you extrapolate what that would be, it's about 14 games. And so the Habs are basically at that cusp. So right now, like, we know the shooting percentages are going to come down. Like, they just are. But it's undeniable that they are a good hockey team.
0: So that just means, oh, no, again, I want to clarify it. I think the Habs are a very good hockey team. I'm really impressed with what Mark Bergman's had to do. I've been very clear that the Tyler Toffoli signing, even before he decided to dunk on his ex at, at every possible moment, it was the best signing of the offseason in terms of term, where the, what the player's actual skill is, f- team need, like all that. It was fantastic. It seemed like a match made in heaven. Thank God Jim Benning kind of ran out of time in his own words and couldn't move some money around. Um, but no, it was just like at the same time like I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, the Leafs or I'm not going to sit here and say the Leafs are, you know, like are going to keep up this winning percentage for the rest of the season. They're, you know, they're 8-2 two, and 2.
1: Yeah, that's also not going to happen.
0: Exactly. So like let's just kind of keep an eye out on the team that has only played, yes, I know that it's we have to prorate the numbers, but a team that's only played 12 games in, you know, a very weird season with numbers that are as you just pointed out in, in very eloquent detail. Are going to are just like begging for regression and, and not positive regression
1: just quickly before we kind of get into the, the Kovalev yeah. shift um, in the games against Ottawa Ottawa kind of gave the blueprint for how to shut Montreal down mm-hmm. which is why I gave I read those numbers out before they played on yes so in the Ottawa games they went one and one. They were not nearly as dominant. No. Um, and the reason their numbers look so good in game one is because they were trailing for the entirety of the game. Score
0: effects, baby.
1: Score effects are a thing.
0: They're a Second, hell of a drug. Second, Ottawa
1: gave, and this is Ottawa, okay? Like, we're not talking about Minnesota or anything.
0: Not practice. They we're talking about a game. They stymied
1: the Habs, who are the best transition team, both offensively and defensively, mm-hmm. through the neutral zone to the point where the Habs couldn't gather speed. The Habs looked... Like they were getting New Jersey deviled in the nineties.
0: Oh, jeez. Kind of thing. Like yeah. it was
1: not an entertaining game by any means. Um, and the Sens goaded the Habs into ill-advised penalties. Mm-hmm. Like there were some very very odd penalties, and I I I heard both Jamie McLennan and Mike Johnson mention it on on the broadcasts that mm. there were some ill-advised and unnecessary penalties and so I think the Sens kind of gave the formula for how to at least slow down Montreal and that is you've got to clip their speed in the neutral zone you can't let them attack with speed you've got to force them to attack off the cycle because they're a fast team yeah like and they move the puck quickly which Mm -hmm. is the most important thing there and if you can generate scoring chances eventually that shooting percentage is going to regress and i thought ottawa did a fantastic job of getting the puck to the middle and and generating chances and so montreal is they might be able to generate their chances but they're not going to score at that same clip and ottawa's goaltender decided to participate for the first time all mm-hmm. year and so like there's a winning formula there if you get half decent goaltending and you can for lack of a better term trap them in the neutral zone you take away a lot of their strengths and so for me I look at that and I go okay like that's maybe how they will regress yeah um, but yeah I think I still think that they're, they're, they're top two team in the division and I wouldn't be surprised if they end up inevitably because of Carey Price um, maybe in the playoffs like they end up beating Toronto out and, and they're one of the final four teams like I could see that um,
0: but the timeline here suggests that these numbers are going to regress right along the time when the playoffs begin
1: well, we don't, I would say like,
0: like we don't know an unfair. executive, but it's,
1: it, it's unfair to make any kind of assumption surrounding that. Well, so I'm going to do it I anyway. I will not be taking part in that.
0: All right. I'll do it anyway. I think it's going to happen that way, but we'll, we'll see. Kudos on them. Look, one, stat, one stat that really blew my mind before we head in the Kovalev Co- shift and just kind of proves that, yeah, Josh, Josh Anderson is having a great season this year. He's eight goal. He has 10 points, which is includes eight goals. He's leading the league in even strength goals. He's got seven He's not propped up by by power play stuff, which is what... And he's
1: scoring shorthanded. He's, it's good for him, Montreal man. has seven shorthanded goals this year. That's not going to continue. Again,
0: like everything they've done is unsustainable. There are
1: teams that don't score seven shorthanded goals in a, in a season, season.
0: And they've done it in 12 games.
1: Yeah, that will not happen.
0: Exactly. All right. And with that, let's transition to the Kovalev shift. Kovalev- Rachel, what are you mad about?
1: Um, why is it that every time an athlete who is great at their sport and is considered one of the greatest of all time in their sport, we have to have this stupid debate about where they stand in the greatest athlete of all time debate? Because
0: because talk radio exists.
1: Because it's and Twitter, like it's so dumb. So like, I'll tell you what pissed me off is like, okay, Tom Brady's got 7 Super Bowl rings, right? And that's objectively great. He's the greatest NFL player of all time. I don't think... Oh, he's the greatest. He's the GOAT. But to say he's the greatest athlete of all time when 90% of the world doesn't even play football and they don't even call it football because soccer is football worldwide is completely ridiculous. I could name you probably 10 athletes off the top of my head who are more dominant in their sports than Tom Brady has been in the NFL. And that's just without research.
0: Like, okay, hit me then.
1: Michael Phelps.
0: Yes. Simone Us- Biles. Usain Bolt.
1: Usain Bolt. Roger Federer. Serena Williams, Roger Federer, Rafael Nadal. hmm All three of them. You can make the... Christine St. Clair.
0: Yeah.
1: Canadian. Um, Wayne Gretzky at the... Like, oh, at the, at the
0: height Gretzky of his powers? Gretzky
1: has more assists than the second-place player in NHL history has points. Yeah. Like, that is ridiculous. Then we get—I haven't even mentioned a single soccer player yet, and we're in the golden age there. You've got Messi and Ronaldo, who are considered, if not the two greatest of all time, both are in the top Mm -hmm. five. Like, and we're talking about—I just named tennis players, soccer players, swimmers. Like, those are worldwide sports that everybody participates in. So the pool is so much bigger, and it is a lot harder to dominate. Like—
0: I will also say though, in my in my rebuttal of that, I'm I'm on your side with this. I think that this is a little. I, I I also think that like just all these sports are so different that it's apples to oranges. But
1: yeah, like it's also it's just dumb.
0: But being a quarterback, a be a quarterback is the most is in terms of team sports. It's the most vital position in team sports to their team. If you don't have a quarterback, you cannot win. If you if you don't have a goalie, you can like it's kind of the same, but. If you don't, if you like, you could have a, an incredible team. If you don't have a good quarterback, you will not win.
1: Okay. So what bothers me about the Brady thing is like, yes, he's won seven Super Bowls, but are we just going to like pretend that he doesn't like, he doesn't have to play defense. Mm -hmm. Like, like he doesn't do this alone. Serena Williams won all like multiple tennis matches while pregnant.
0: Well, we like just last night prove this exactly he doesn't do it alone he doesn't do it alone because he has he has to have an offensive line that's somewhat capable of protecting him Patrick Mahomes because
1: Patrick Mahomes was doing all manner of ridiculous nonsense but he didn't have an offensive line and you can't win
0: their O-line lost in that game the Chiefs absolutely should have beat the Bucks last night but they didn't I think
1: that kind of helps the debate when it's like you're looking at Michael Phelps who Mm -hmm. like has more Olympic medals, Usain Bolt, world records. I would like, say Michael
0: Phelps is the most dominant I would say Michael Phelps and Serena Williams, those two are probably the most dominant athletes of all time. Because Michael Phelps I think them
1: and, and I, I think you have to put Bolt in there.
0: Yeah. Like but because they,
1: he literally broke the, they are a world record every time he decided to, to come and run.
0: Yeah, they like those three are like like they are the sport. Like Michael Phelps think, is swimming. Usain Bolt is the hundred meter like and and I would say I Serena I really could Williams. not
1: name you another sprinter other than Andre De Grasse and that's because he's Canadian. I, could another,
0: I, I couldn't name you another. I couldn't name you another swimmer other like I could like Penny Alexiak. Could
1: I, Actually, Penny Alexia only then,
0: because like, I only and Penny Alexiak only because again she's Canadian and also I one day hope to marry her. Other than that, okay.
1: So and this is kind of what I'm saying is this is like so we talk about Brady and like that's fine, but his success like if you okay. You're you're Mike Stevens. And I am. let's say you're you're a professional athlete. Oh right. I
0: was gonna have to use my imagination on this one.
1: And, and, and I'm I'm me and I'm a professional athlete. Okay. Mentally, if you're a football player, mm-hmm. let's say you're Aaron Rodgers.
0: Oh, I'm i engaged up, to Shalene Woodley. Awesome.
1: Okay, so you show up to a football game yep. against Tom Brady. Yep. You at least know like you've got a chance to win.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Right? If you're a run-of-the-mill. Or even if you're a great tennis player and you show up to play Serena Williams, how like what are your chances of winning?
0: Not high, but Bianca Probably did it. Probably
1: not high. And if you, in the same, and way, if you if do, you do it, up, you're
0: a national hero. Like
1: if <laughs> you show up at the pool against Michael Phelps or at the track against Usain Bolt, like would you even bother showing up?
0: No, you've already lost. You walk into that building and you see Michael Phelps warming up. You've lost.
1: You go you home. Leave. Go like, home. You literally leave. And so for me, what pissed me off is like. Every time that Brady or a team sport related athlete mm-hmm. does something, they oh, well, they're the greatest athlete of all time. You know what? They might be the greatest in their sport. And with Brady, that's absolutely the case. But to completely wipe away the accomplishments of Serena Williams and Michael Phelps and Usain Bolt and mm-hmm. a whole bunch of other athletes who individually like Um, For God's sake, even Tiger Woods.
0: Also, like individual sports, like you can't compare them to team sports because it's an individual sport. Like
1: as someone who's done both at a relatively high level, like what Simone Biles is doing. It's amazing. Is it will. I'm telling you right now, it will never be seen again in gymnastics. This is unheard of. She's breaking every record there is. She's won every medal there is to win. And everybody knows psychologically when Simone shows up. If she decides she she wants to win, it's over for everybody else. There Mm -hmm. is not an individual on this earth that would even come close to her when she's at her best. And I think the same can be said about Bolt. The same can be said about Phelps. Mm
2: -hmm. But
1: when you talk about team athletes, like um, Wayne Gretzky needed other people to help him win. He needed
0: Yari Curry. He needed Marc Messier. Right.
1: And and so I don't think we need to litigate every time an athlete, unless they're
0: like Michael Jordan needed Scottie Pippen. Yeah, I would say the closest like LeBron James is one of the greatest athletes ever because he's never had the help that Michael Jordan did.
1: Right. But he's also still not even remotely close to the same level as some of those exactly. Individual athletes.
0: Beca- but also, like you can't. I just think it's a fool's errand to compare individual sports when it comes in, when it comes to this debate and team sports because yeah, no it's not ma- the same. It's thing. built into the argument that oh yeah, but you know he ha- that team had a great defense, so it's not all him. Blah blah blah. Like you can't. You just can't argue. It's apples and oranges. So you can't do it.
1: Right. And so for me, like I, I just, I think it's exceedingly dumb. And I think a lot mm-hmm. of times um, the women get forgotten. Like even. When I was reading through Twitter, like, people were forgetting about Serena Williams. And I'm like, um, h- how? Yeah. Like, I understand, obviously, Phelps and Bolt. But forgetting Serena Williams and, to a lesser degree, Simone Biles? Like, we're talking about world record holders here. Yeah. Like, educate yourself. And with that, I am I am done. Because I'm going to mm-hmm. go and probably do more homework and I- work.
0: I'm going to make some homemade meatballs tonight. That's what I'm doing. But before right, before funny. we we log off, I wanted to give a quick, um, uh, uh, I wanted to make mention of this, and I know we're, we're running out of time, but over the weekend, right before the Super Bowl, um, one of my favorite journalists, podcasters, just any media person uh, passed away from cancer, Chris Wessling of uh, NFL.com. Um, he was, he, the Around the NFL podcast, in my opinion, is the best sports podcast out there. Um, they have something incredibly special, and he was on that, that podcast for you know i think it's 10 years seven no 10 years now um and it's just he was 46 he his infant son he leaves behind his infant son uh link um and that was and he had already beaten cancer before and then uh so it was kind of wavering whether or not um they'd be able to have kids and then it was such a joyous thing that it happened that he was able to do that and then it came back and unfortunately uh he lost that battle um Look, I when I when I'm going through tough times, like some people turn to you know shows, so I turn to podcasts. Podcasts are something that I listen to, you know, just to kind of get my mind off things. And the Around the NFL podcast is one that that I listen to um, every single day. It's it's incredible, um, and I think and it's all because of the friendship and the bond that those four hosts have. And it, this news that he passed away from cancer just shattered me to my core. Um, so I just wanted to, wanted to. Give a shout out to him. He's 46 years old, way too young. Fuck cancer in every which way possible. Um, And yeah, if you can, if you're listening, go and read some of his old stuff. He's amazing. He's a hero of mine. I never met him, but he's a broadcasting and journalistic hero of mine. And I just wanted to, to make note of that on the platform that we have.
1: All right. And with that, we will be back on Friday morning
0: yes ma'am you can find the podcast on itunes spotify any podcatcher you can possibly think of um i'm at mikey stevens 81 on twitter rachel is at rachel dory the podcast is at staff graph buy our merch on Redbubble um and check out the conference room which dropped on uh, on sunday and with that we bid you farewell